Hi, this is Hannah, and you're listening to Beyond Your Mind. In today's episode, I would like to talk about one of the biggest issues that we face, and it's getting along with others. Now, is it possible to get along with everyone? Well, the answer is yes. It may be more difficult to do with some people, maybe easier with the others, but it is possible. Our problem is that we apply the same approach to every person, expecting them to fit in our circle. But when they don't meet our expectation, we change our opinion about them. But hey, isn't everyone supposed to be caring, loving, thoughtful, etc., etc.? Sure. Is that how everyone is? Absolutely not. So, how do we get along? Well, here is my answer. You need to learn to observe first. Okay, what does that mean? It means paying attention to yourself, your environment, and others around you. Sounds simple, right? But practice this before you jump into the next step using the following examples. I notice I'm thinking about the argument I had with my kid, or I notice my heart beats faster when I speak in a team meeting. When you start noticing the patterns in your own and other people's behavior, you become aware. This is the basis. You're able to see how often positive or negative emotions appear to affect your judgment, state of mind, or your physical health. Then you take the time to think over those behaviors as objectively as possible, putting aside your feelings and emotions. Just put them away, lock them up somewhere. Use your past experiences with that person. If you had any, if you didn't have any, doing this more often will eventually start triggering observation automatically. Avoid judging. Simply think of facts. So let's look at two examples I have. So first example, my friend said she would call me back because someone came to visit her while we were on the phone. The second example, my friend said she would call me back. She never really put me above other people. Now let me explain why these two examples demonstrate our daily struggle with other people. The first example states facts. All you know is someone came to visit your friend while both of you were on the phone. She said she would call you back. That's it. There is no side information that would indicate anything else. If you listen to the second example, how does it even sound to you? My friend said she would call me back. She never really put me above other people. In this example, you can hear judgment. You can hear expectation, as opposed to the first example where there are only facts that are available at the moment. Sometimes people bring their subjective into both examples, and I used to do that too in the very beginning, as I started paying more attention to behavioral patterns. They could say. Well, what if something happened and she needed to go? She promised to call me back, so I'll just wait. Sounds great, doesn't it? Sure, you at least don't judge the person. However, you still have an expectation left. If that person doesn't call you back, that's when you might retrace back to the thinking, "Wow, she really forgot about me, didn't she? I thought we were best friends." You still are. The problem is you expect people to fit in your vision of a relationship that you want to have, but you cannot and should not hope that the other person will magically get in your head and will figure out how you want the relationship to be. Now, don't get me wrong; it goes both ways. 
The difference is you are the one currently listening to this podcast trying to figure out how to improve your relationship with other people. This is why it's crucial to understand that when you make that step and you learn to observe rather than make assumptions or expect people to treat you a certain way, then you can direct your relationship. There needs to be communication between the parties. And because you're more knowledgeable already, you can coach that person. You can help them in order to help both of you to improve your relationship. I will note one thing. If you really wanted to follow up on that call situation, wording would be very deciding. You could either find out what happened and move on, or you could create a conflict. Let's look at the two examples. First example, is everything okay? Yeah, why? I just want to make sure we didn't finish our phone conversation yesterday. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I forgot to call you back. I got distracted. You're totally fine. Do you have time now? Sure. Second example, hey, I thought you were going to call me back. Oh, darn, sorry. I got distracted and I forgot. Well, I waited for you to call me back because you said you would. Okay, well, sorry, I forgot. Just don't promise to call me back if you're not going to. Do you have time to talk now? Um, I got some work to do. Let's talk later. If you think about these two conversations, you will see that in the first one, our main character made the first step and asked if everything was okay to make sure it was fine to proceed with the conversation. Their friend responded positively. Now. That's when the time is to remind them of the call. The friend apologized and our protagonist asked them if they had time to talk. In the second conversation, our main character immediately attacked their friend, making them feel uncomfortable and didn't accept the apology. The reason I say that, just because someone says I'm sorry, whatever you say after doesn't automatically acknowledge the apology. Now, the friend felt they needed to apologize again because our main character went on attacking them. Would anyone want to continue the conversation after they have just been told off like that? I highly doubt. This is why wording and tone are very important. In other cases, people could reflect back and start getting aggressive and not talk to each other for days when it was very much avoidable. Applying active listening and compassion can certainly aid you in most situations, whether it's at work or at home. You don't always have to give your opinion on just everything people say. This is the problem I had a few years ago. I felt the need to throw my opinion in just every conversation I had, and I would have saved myself so much trouble and the job I had had I just listened and accepted the information, but I was so stubborn and I thought I was right. This was my biggest mistake, thinking that no matter the situation, I'm right because I'm so smart. Well, guess what? My emotions took over my mind. I couldn't think straight. All I was focused on was people's flaws, lack of communication, carelessness, and I could never focus on anything positive that people brought into my life. People told me my heart was in the right place, but my methods, my methods were horrible. Everyone hated my guts and nobody wanted to work with me. Now, can you imagine what kind of environment I created at work? I wanted to help people, but at the same time I was judging them for who they were. I didn't let myself accept them in order to actually help them. 
What it seemed I was doing was fixing their mistakes instead, which to me was helping at the time because I didn't believe they could learn from that. Two years later, I calmly approach people. I help them when they need help, not just fix mistakes like I used to. Instead, I bring mistakes to their attention for correction and train to avoid them in a manner that is accepted by those people based on their personalities, on the knowledge I have about them, as opposed to judging their behavior. Body language is something that shouldn't be neglected either. I personally speak with my hands all the time because they reflect my mood and my style of communication, but when I know I need to approach people, I suppress my body language to remain as neutral as possible. It's very easy to give the wrong impression using your body language, so I would suggest you be careful with that. I also don't go to people saying, hey, you shouldn't do this and that. Instead, I come up to them thinking carefully, noticing their mood, because based on that, I will have to make sure I stay neutral no matter what they say. A phrase like, hey, I didn't realize we started doing it differently, do you know anything about it? Depending on their response, if you disagree, you can say, huh, I could have sworn we were told to do it this way, and you show them what you mean. If you both still disagree, you'll need to find a third party to confirm the correct way. This is applicable in a work situation, it's quite different at home. Active listening is your best friend. It's such a challenge for us to understand each other because we're so different. Even though some people believe they're soulmates or their thinking and behavioral patterns are similar, it's still work that needs to be done in order to build trust, in order to gain respect for each other. Like I said in my previous episode, when you practice active listening, you let people speak from their heart. You show that they matter, that what they think or believe matters, even if you disagree with it. So what? Look at it as a perspective that differs from yours. If we were to think the same thoughts, why would there be so many of us? Because there is free will and the potential in contemplating is just infinite and that potential needs an opportunity to exist. That's why there are so many of us with various personalities, preferences, etc. We teach each other, we learn from each other. It's never a one-way street, even though it may seem like that. But your actions, reactions, words, thoughts, feelings, emotions, all of that is what you are. And the moment you learn to accept them, that's when you can learn to accept other people too and respond to their beings appropriately. If you'd like me to expand on this topic, send me a message with examples onto my main website, anger.fm slash linguist with a Z, and I will gladly do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.